0: welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1 verse 1 to 14. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come to you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruits as it does also in you, since the day ye he heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the spirit. For this cause, we also Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness." giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Father, thank you that in you we live, we move, and have our being. As we get the privilege to hear your word, We pray, Holy Spirit, take us into avenues in you which man cannot take us. You being the Magister Veritatus, the only revealer of Christ, Holy Spirit, enlighten the eyes of our understanding that as we get into Scripture, we delve into Scripture, we will not impose man's opinion of Scripture, but we will read out and we will fish out and we will extract God's revelation from your word. Thank you, Lord, that as your word is taught, miracles are happening, deliverances are taking place, broken hearts are being healed, the gospel is being preached to the poor. Thank you that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week we spoke about how he has qualified us We didn't qualify ourselves, so if you have a problem with our qualification, I think you gotta talk to God. Because even we didn't think we should be qualified, but well, we can't help it. He chose to qualify us in Christ. So as soon as we got in Christ, he deemed us qualified. Qualified for what? To be partakers of the light, the, the inheritance. Partakers of the inheritance Oh what sort of inheritance the inheritance that belong to saints so being saint being a saint gives you an inheritance automatic inheritance, the mere fact that we have been sanctified means that we have been granted access to inheritance. So there are things that have been secured and reserved and preserved for certain people by God. It belongs to them in God. It doesn't belong to humanity. It belongs to a certain group of people. It doesn't belong to all humanity. So God has reserved that as soon as you come into Christ, you are, okay, now you have been ticked. You have been qualified and you have been deemed suitable to have an allotment, have a portion in this inheritance. And He says that God is the one who does the qualifying or qualifies us to be partakers of the Inheritance of the saints in the light. And I spoke about how the light is so important. And I actually was telling about when the Bible talks about light, the categories of things it's talking about. And I think the last one I didn't really, cause the uh, the first one is God is light. Christ is light. The word of God is light. The life of Christ is light. Then number five is the believer is the light. And number six, the church is the light. All right, I didn't really say much about that, but the church in Revelation chapter 1, he depicts the church as a lampstand. A lampstand is meant to bear the light, to give the brightness or to give light. So in Revelation chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, when I turned, all I saw was a lampstand. And in the verse 20, Jesus himself says that the lampstand is the church or the lampstands, the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So in scripture, one of the portraits of the church is lampstand. Now it's interesting scripture does not do too much about defining the church, but gives so many portraits. And analogies to depict the church. And one of it is the church, it's a lampstand. A lampstand doesn't actually have its own light, it just carries, bears the candle. The candle, the, the actual light is put on the lampstand. So that's why Jesus warned them in Revelation chapter 2 that if you don't repent and turn to your first love, I will come and take away the lampstand. Yeah, so you won't shine for me anymore. I said, Remember, therefore, from whence you have fallen, repent and do the first works. I almost feel like preaching in this one. Yes. You know, when we get born again, when we meet Christ at first, and if it's genuine, if you, okay, if you came into Christ through the door of repentance, your Christian work is authentic. It, it's, it's a full, you see, when a child is born at 31 weeks, the child, or 28 weeks, the child has not. Quite finished. It's a human being, but not quite. If you come into church, you come into Christ and you didn't come through repentance. Actually, as for it's not that you have not been formed. It's baptism that hasn't the baptism is part of the rubber. (laughs) R, B, B, R. Repent, believe, baptize, and then receive the Holy Spirit. These are the four fundamental things that belong to every genuine, full genuine Christian. Birth. So then if there's repentance missing, as for repentance, if it's missing, you can't enter, really, because I'll show you something in a minute. But believing, those two are so fundamental. So, but there are people who have repented and believed, but have not been baptized. Yeah, so your, your regeneration experience or your new creation experience is not completed. It's like someone who has been born at maybe 28 weeks, you know, it's kind of premature. You are, it's a human being, but it's not. Even at conception, it's a human being. So it's not fully yes, yes, yes. done. So um, repentance, believing, baptism. If you haven't been baptized after you believed, please, get baptized. And then receiving the Holy Spirit. These are, in the book of Acts, four cardinal, fundamental necessity for an appropriate uh, Christian living, a believer's life. right Now, so a, a, re- repentance is just a necessary aspect into it. And now when you come into Christ, you, you have been introduced into light. I was actually reading Revelation chapter two, verse five. It says that repent and come, to, I, was going, I, I went off the first works. When people get born again, genuinely born again, they produce some works that are beautiful. But after a long time in church, many people fall from their first works, from their first love. First love produces first works, a certain type of work. They fall from their first love and they become, it doesn't matter, oh, but God understands, God understands, and all that. And then after lockdown, some people even have actually, <laughs> uh, they, they, what they really need is love revolution. They are gone. And then you begin to see them in all kinds of places and online with all kinds, in all kinds of poses. That, you are surprised that, is this same person the one? You know what has happened? The relationship that, 2 verse 5 says that, repent and do the first works. Because it goes with the first love, First works, else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from his place. Unless you repent. So, their lights, they are not shining for Christ again. That's why you find them all in a way that does not even honor God. Their light has been removed. Wow. They are born again once, but they are falling from their first love. Oh, it's a warning to all of us. If this, see, the church of Ephesus was a thriving church. Oh, It was a church of love. There were several letters that were written to different churches. It seems like Ephesus is the only church that had an epistle from Christ to it, and then an epistle from Jesus from heaven to it. And when Jesus was writing from heaven, church of Ephesus was the first one. It was an amazing church. It was a glorious church. The church of Ephesus. So the epistle that was written to the church of Ephesus was the only epistle that didn't actually address problems. It rather was revealing the, what the church truly is from God's perspective. Ephesians. Was ama- the church of Ephesus was amazing. That's where Pastor Timothy and Bishop Timothy, that, that was his seat. And what happened? They fell from their first lap. So, what I'm trying to say is that you see, if Ephesus it happened to the church of Ephesus, you and I, you and I have to be very watchful. Yeah. We have to be very watchful and humble. Because one of the things that can never happen, uh, uh, the, uh, so one of the things that has to be in place for anyone to fall is pride. Yeah. When people start backsliding, they say, but we don't always have to be in church. We don't always have to. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. If, when people are backsliding, they flip the thing. They begin to be very judgmental against people who point them to things that they shouldn't be doing. They begin, Why are you judging me? Why they become very defensive? It's a manifestation of pride. When pride goes, you have forfeited any grounds for grace to show up in your life. So, Bible says God resists the proud actually, but gives grace to the humble. So, when people are about to fall, they start in pride. They start. What, what kind of message? I'm not listening to any message. I'm not. See, the the first works. They stop. Showing up at rehearsals early, they stop shouting amens more or at the appropriate places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true, it's true. When they are, when, when they stop falling from grace, it begins to show in their approach, they become like visitors in God's house. When they are not even around, no one notices they are absent because they are falling from grace. That's how your absence is not even noticed. It has, your absence doesn't leave a gap. Your absence doesn't create a dent. Your absence, everything runs normal if you are absent. That means you are falling from grace. And during the lockdown, a lot of people started falling from grace. Some haven't, sadly haven't recovered. And one of the things, as a pastor, I discover is when people are falling from grace, they start attacking church. Wow. They start attacking the church. The preaching is too long. Huh? They say, "Why do you have to sing two different songs? I've gone to see your victory, and victory belongs to Jesus." You know, things they start. You, a boy has moved into your house. You are sharing. You are now sharing flat with a boy, a man. A man and you are saying that these songs are too long sometimes the, the instrumentation is too loud it's because of your sins it's, it's not it's not it's not because those who are listening to the instrumentations are have deafness it's because your sin has clouded your judgment. It's, and your lampstand have been removed. That's why you are not an example, a glorious example to anybody. Anybody who befriends you either begins to decline in their pursuit in God. Oh yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's face facts. Some of you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. There are some people you had to advise yourself to disassociate in order to be able to keep, keep the upward mobility in the things of God. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> if you are not, If you don't disassociate, you know that it's not going anywhere suddenly old tastes have been activated certain tastes i pray that may god deliver you from wrong tastes can i can i say this have you noticed that there are times in your life especially in your christian work where you realize that tastes certain tastes are coming back and it's not good it can be very frustrating and some of those tastes get very heightened based on certain associations, yes. certain exposures. Yes. We all have our taste, but the beauty of consecration is it gets to a time, you're the same person, you don't feel this way anymore about that, about this, about that. It's like, it's not gone permanently, but you feel so okay. Yeah. You just feel okay. That is the grace of sanctification at work. Yeah. The grace of consecration at work. Yeah. And that is what makes you be in place for you to still remain shining for Christ. Yes. One of the things I want to say about light before I move on is Acts chapter 26, verse 23. When Jesus Christ came, one of the reasons why he came is, that, okay, Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, is so that those who sit in darkness a great light has appeared. Hallelujah. So he says that the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. That's Jesus' coming. In Luke chapter 1, it says, that 78 says that, through the tender message of our God, with which the days spring from on high has visited us. Look at the next verse, verse 79. To give light to those who sit in darkness. So Christ's appearing was first to give light to those who sit in darkness. It's interesting when you find out what Acts chapter 26, verse 23 has got to say about that. Acts 26, 23 says that, that Christ would suffer, that, that's talking about the gospel, what has been said, that Christ would suffer, and he would, be the, he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would, watch this, and would proclaim his uh, preach. He did, did, watch this. When Christ came, he didn't first of all come to demonstrate earthly power. That's why he wasn't an earthly king. He didn't come to demonstrate earthly power, but he came to introduce heavenly light. Mm. Heavenly light. So that those who sat in darkness, great light, he said that the dead spring from on high has visited us. He came to bring heavenly light in the dark world. So those of us who are in Christ are classified as being in the light. Therefore, we are meant to be shining for him. But then when sin and our first love begins to decline and sin begins to increase, what happens is that we stop shining. Wow. We stop shining. Bible says that who would light a candle and put it on a motion? If you are light, let it show. Yes. The old, old, old believers used to sing this, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, one more time, this little light of mine, oh yes, let it shine, oh yeah, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We are meant to let our light shine. In yes, fact, in Matthew chapter 5:16, uh, he said, Let your light so shine. Oh, yes. <laughs> Imagine. Let your light so let it shine that they can't have a choice but see it. Yes, 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 yes. Why? Because you got a light. Yes. So let it shine. Don't dim it. Don't dim it. Wow. So we are talking about the inheritance of the saints. Who is the saint? Sanctified. We have the power of sanctification. That is what entitles us or enables us. You remember enablement? That is what enables us to be able to look at temptation in its face and be able to say, I really don't have this. Oh, that thing is sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. When temptation is coming, but just like Jesus he says in John chapter 14, the prince of this world cometh. Verse 30. But he has nothing in me. There's not. Nothing means that. Um, so when you take your smartphone, you want to open an app. Maybe Google, whatever. You have to have what they call, is it handle? Is it a handle or the icon? If you don't know, just uh, if you don't know. The thing you press to open the app. Is there a handle? It's icon, okay. So you have to press the icon. But you know when you want to open an icon but you can't find it. Especially those of you who use an app for parking. You are looking for the app. Where is it? When I change my phone, it looks like this one didn't down. You, you actually, you used to have the app, it's registered and everything, but this phone, the, the app has, has you, you, have, you have not downloaded it onto this app. So it's, it's, not, uh, it's, it's not there, it's not on the app. In the same way, the icon on the you have access into the entire package. Yeah. Satan doesn't have an icon inside you that he can. Jesus said, A prince of this world cometh and he has nothing to use to hold me to ransom. Now, that's why you, you have to fight, bro. That's why you have to really fight Deal with this pornography. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you are beginning to have the tendencies, the inclinations to watch or download, it's just, you, are, you think you downloaded it on your phone, but you have actually downloaded Satan's app into your system. Yeah. So anytime Satan wants to, you just press it up and it opens it and begins to control your life. You, you have to not delete it just on your phone. So what I'm trying to say is that, Satan won't let you just go. I know you are, ge- how many of you really know you are very genuine about this, your Christian thing? You see, you can't even, <laughs> you can't even raise your head <laughs> because the enemy has convinced you that with all that is going on in your life, my friend. <laughs> so you are genuine, but there are things inside you that really trouble your Christian work. If the one sitting here you just guess to have an idea, they are likely to get up from, you know, they, will, they, will, they, will, they will get up, they will get up. Tell me I'm lying. They will get up, they will get up. If they knew what you have been thinking about, and this week, the past week, the things that have been going on in your life, and even last night. <laughs> the prince of this world comes, he has nothing in me. That is why both, both I think a Christian would like the scripture I'm about to draw. Yes, yes, yes. That is why I said that Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh and he has nothing in me. And I'm telling you, that is why both he who sanctifies and those who are be, sanctified. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. Both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, being sanctified are all of one. If Jesus can say it, if he could say that, being sanctified entitles you to be able to say, Satan has lost grounds in my life. That's why he's not ashamed to call us, that's my brother, that's my brother, that's one of mine. Because of the, watch this, the power of sanctification. The Holy Spirit, I'm about to throw in something theological a little bit. The Holy Spirit really in scriptures, in the Old Testament, really is not Holy Spirit. It's only in the New Testament that is Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, where there are two instances it was translated Holy Spirit, Usually the spirit of the Lord Spirit, but the Holy One is, is the Old Testament, only to when David said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, and in the book of Isaiah, I think chapter 63, verse 11 or somewhere, where he mentions the Holy Spirit. What was translated Holy Spirit, the Hebrew expression is not Holy Spirit, it's the spirit of holiness. Wow. The spirit of holiness. So the spirit of holiness is the spirit that is of God that comes upon people and enables them to practice things that can honor God. The spirit of holiness. The Holy Spirit is the one who is holy in himself and be in your life. He now empowers you to be holy as I am holy. He, he actually gives you the ability, watch this, watch this, the ability to lose taste for unholy things. Amen. It becomes a whole Christian journey. But after a long time of being a Christian, you still are struggling with some tastes. And it's not because you're a bad person, but it's because you have to just expose yourself more and more for this, the, the Holy Spirit, who also is the spirit of holiness to impact sanctification, we are being sanctified, we are being sanctified, that means that the more you are being sanctified, the more you are being empowered to say no, and most of the saying no is not because you might not even have feelings, the feelings might be there, but the the strength of the feelings, you can just walk away, yeah, you can walk, just walk away, I think there was time we were eating, yeah, we went to a restaurant with my wife and myself, we were eating something, and um, you know, status. Sometimes they bring very little. <laughs> so, and I liked it. So let's say we, we were we were they, we were two. They brought four. I ate first one. I ate second one. My wife, my wife will eat one. That's how she tends to do. She's like that usually. She yeah. doesn't like eating much. She ate first one. I ate second. I ate. Then we were talking, we were talking. And then the third one, who, who, who's who's it? it? belongs to her. But my wife will say, I said, like, oh, so yeah, I'm about to eat it. But if you want me, she can easily let go because it doesn't have a hold on her. Did you understand? I'm talking about the calamari. <laughs> uh, that, that <laughs> that's, that's the sweetness of something not having a hold on you. My heart, I'm about to say something very pastoral. Let me hold my Bible to say it. My heart breaks for those of us who are under the weight of unbearable temptation. Pornography is so strong that you are struggling. You are struggling to go two weeks without it. And sometimes people may not know because you wish someone could understand where you are coming mm-hmm. from. That's why Jesus said, I, I condemn you not. Go and sin no more. And every, every time you come, uh, he doesn't change that statement. Mm-hmm. Right. He keeps saying, neither do I condemn you. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he told you go and sin no more. And you went and sinned. No, you intended to sin no more. Mm-hmm. But you came back again with a yes more. Ah. Yeah. And then he tells you, neither do I condemn you. On this side of eternity, Jesus does not condemn. He does not condemn. He does not con- He always will say, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So that means I can go and do it and come again. The more you're doing it, the more you are losing grounds and Satan is gaining grounds. Every sin sets you back. Every sin sets you back spiritual things, natural things, blessings, opportunities, favors, your lights shining. So everything yeah. is compromised with yeah. one sin. Everything is compromised. Wow. And if you, have, if you are involved in a car accident, say, God forbid, wow. or something, and maybe you did suffer a deep cut or broken or whatever, you can, you'll be walking later, but it's not the same. Yeah. You are still working. People who did, didn't know you five years ago, would not know that you have suffered this. So they won't see it, but you know you are not the same. With the little impact, things get triggered again. Yeah. Wow. So that is what says that he will forgive us, but you are not the same. Physically, in yourself, you are not the same. And on this side of eternity, you are not the same. In your spirit, you are the same. You are pure. But in your soul, in your body, you have tasted something. Uh-huh. You've tasted something for the seventh time. It's different from being tasting it for the fifth time. Huh. It's different. It's different. And the more that happens, the more Satan is gaining ground. My heart breaks for anyone here. I pray that the grace, the spirit of holiness, the grace of God that helps us walk in purity. May it be granted us in the name of Jesus. I pray that you won't always bow your head feeling Useless because of the constant sinning issues that are in your life. Sometimes sin condemns you. Yeah. That's why the publican in Luke chapter 18, Bible said, verse 30, he couldn't lift his eyes to look up to God because he knew He was. Look at what he said. He said, "Forgive me a sinner, have mercy on me, a sinner." That's the, the sin has a way of downgrading your confidence in God yeah. and in life. Yeah. At best, it makes you arrogant, thinking, well, God is fine. Listen. But I pray that anyone under the weight of unbearable temptation, Amen. may God, Christ, who taught us to pray, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. May his grace abound towards you in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Amen. Well, back to where I, where I left off. So we are in the light. Now watch this. He says that, he has qualified us in Acts chapter um, Acts chapter 26 verse 18 when Jesus Christ or God was sending Paul he said I'm sending you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness toward light I can't hear you darkness toward light and from what the power of Satan to God, God. <laughs> so you are either under the power of Satan or you are under God I don't do church, I don't do church. Yeah, Satan gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh who told you? I say still, still gotcha. You. you might not know. You know, sometimes you might have worms in your tummy, but you don't know. Yeah, and there are other living organisms, but you don't know. You don't know. You think you are fine. Everything is fine. But you don't know. So the fact that you say I'm fine doesn't mean you're fine. Maybe we have to pass through you through the MIR scan of the scripture and the things that will pop up, oh my goodness. (laughs) The power of Satan to God that ye may receive, oh, did you see that? Yes. Did you see that? That's what I meant by neither do I condemn you that you may receive forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance. Don't forget those two key words. Forgiveness, inheritance. Forgiveness, those who have received forgiveness of sins have also received an inheritance. Why? A- amongst those who are, ah. So those who are sanctified always have an inheritance allotted to them. With that in mind, looking at our foundational text, it says that giving, verse 12 of chapter one of Colossians, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now look at the next verse. Who, talking about God, has delivered us from the power of darkness? Doesn't sound like what Paul was told to go and preach to do. To deliver them from power of Satan, the authority, the exousia of Satan. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Satan has power. Permit me to mention Satan. It is a wrong theology that supposes that Satan is not real. Your theology is not Christian if you say Satan is not real authentic, sound, mainstream Christian, biblical for that matter. Biblical Christian theology endorses the fact that Satan is there. Satan is real. If you say Satan is nothing, there's nothing like Satan, you have actually invalidated the message of the gospel. So uh, sin. Uh Satan is the one through whom sin entered the world via Adam. Satan met them in the garden. Satan, he was there from the garden. He was there from the beginning. Before you showed up, Satan has been around. And after you check out, he'll still be there until he's kicked into the lake of fire or the bottomless pit in Revelation chapter 20. But he's still around. Everywhere from Genesis to Revelation, Satan has been there. To the extent that in Revelation chapter 12, Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. He stood before God. He actually stood before God and to accuse the brethren day and night. Accuse the brethren every time, constantly accusing you before God. Day and night. Accusing. He's the accuser. See the names that was given him. Verse 9. Verse 9 says that. So the great dragon—that's one of his the phrase that describes it—and the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, uh-huh, was he called S- the S- devil S- and what and S- Satan, S- S- yeah, S- who deceives the whole world yeah. to think that all these Christians are bigots deceives the whole world, First John chapter 5, verse, 19, verse 18, 19, the whole world, verse 19, lies under the sway. He deceives, that's why he's called the God of this world. Yeah. Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. Paul said, whose minds the God of this world has blinded, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. So Satan is the prince of this world, he is still alive. There, every true theology does not ignore the presence of a Satan. To the extent that the greatest revelation in scripture that human being got before pre-crossed was the fact that Peter said, You are the Son of God, the Son, the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus said, This one is from the Holy Spirit. Right after the greatest revelation, Satan also entered. To make him proud because you've got revelation. Sometimes your revelations can make you proud. So Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 said, because of the abundance of revelations that was given to me, a thorn in my flesh, lest I be lifted above measure. Because your revelations can make you very pompous. I know so much. I know so much. I want so much. And you begin to tip over into the other side. So Peter had the revelation and Satan got involved. After he got the revelation, Jesus was saying, well done, well done. Well. Satan so said, okay, now you see, you are the one with the revelation. So, continue the revelation. He gave him revelation. And then he had the unmitigated audacity, Peter, to take Jesus to the side, Matthew chapter 16, and to start to rebuke yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Rebuking Jesus for, for prophesying what the scriptures have said, which is about to happen. Uh, wow. And the Bible said, Peter, Jesus turned to him. And said to, can you imagine? Jesus turned and said to who? And said to who? What did he say? Satan! Why are you saying Satan is not real? Satan is real. And he says that when you are preaching, you are actually translating or removing people, taking people from the power of Satan. Acts chapter 26, verse. Verse 18. Taking them, moving them from the power of Satan. I think Satan will take it lightly. He will move heaven and earth. There are people who are preaching have been arrested for having, they've not broken the law, but there is a justification for arresting them. And later on, they say go, there's nothing wrong. Satan is behind it. Satan is behind it. That's why I always encourage students, people who are studying. Okay, that's student, right? Yeah. I always encourage students that if you are a serious Christian, Satan will target your academics. So don't give him a foothold. Why are you a student and you are not studying? Student, study. <laughs> a student is someone who is studying. But you cannot be not you cannot not study and still retain a successful studenthood. Satan will use it. And because you are, the fact that you are preaching, you are doing church, means that Satan will look for every reason, socially, to spite you. So then when, if you are preaching, if you are a Christian student, that means you actually have to be very disciplined with your academics. Because you have the mind of Christ, you will definitely pass. But if you don't study, you will fail. And it's not like God made you fail, but you made it so, and Satan will latch on it. Say, oh, this uh, is. <laughs> so, Satan is real. Yes, Satan is real. Yeah. But, as I said a time ago, it is equally wrong to start your prayer with Satan, I bind you. <laughs> <laughs> Let us pray. pray. Satan! He says that when you pray, say, Our Father. <laughs> Start addressing God. Praise to God, not to the devil. <laughs> it says that who has, oh, oh. Now let's, let's look at, let's get back to the text, exegesis. Talking about God giving thanks to the Father. Say the Father. The Father. Say it again, please. The Father. We'll come to that. Giving thanks to the Father. Who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light? Talking who? No, I was talking about the Father. Who has delivered us from. So, when you are preaching to translate people from the dark power of the. It's God who is actually in your preaching working. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think verse 19 and 20, one of them said, To wit, God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. When we preach, it's God who works. They went everywhere preaching, Acts and Mark chapter 16, verse 20. God working with them. The Lord working with them. So when we preach, it's God who who works. It's not the preaching that changes. It's the power of God in the preaching that changes. That is why it's good to pray before you preach. That's why it's good to pray and depend on God when you are doing anything for God, even before you sing before you, you, you come out with an album, don't target to win an Oscar. Or that, that shouldn't be the motivation for your Christian song. Yeah. Yeah. The motivation should be that God will work through your singing. Yeah. Now, if God works through it and it gets some recognition, even that's nice, that's good. Yeah. So that's, 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 okay, don't say, but me, it's just God who has worked, so I don't care how it looks like, please, please there must be a level of excellence that can that can that must beat even the world so we must have excellence but i'm saying that our fundamental drive is not for the world to clap for us our fundamental drive in anything of the ministry is for Christ to be revealed for God to work through us so when you are preaching it is god who delivers man cannot deliver you from satan think about it man how can man deliver you from satan man cannot deliver you from satan it is god alone who can deliver a person from satan yes. but how does he do it that's why he uses preaching yes. he uses the gospel yes. so he said go and preach to them other than that what would they, himself would have delivered them he said you have to go and preach they'll be stoning you but as you are preaching i'll be delivering them wow. so god delivers from satan now watch this he said who has delivered us? When you are, oh oh, when you are Christian, you have been delivered. Yes. Delivered. Every Christian part of the watch this part of the believer's inheritance is automatic deliverance. Yes. The inheritance of the saints in the light. Did you hear that? Yes. You remember the inheritance. What's this inheritance? Deliverance. It's an automatic one. But I say, when I talk about deliverance, I'm not talking about the prayer meeting one. Don't let us confuse it. I'm talking about what gives Satan authority to own your life has been straight from him. So if someone is praying for you for certain demonic influences to go, that's not what I'm dealing with. I'm not talking about that. When you say he has delivered from the power of darkness, it's different from prayer meeting deliverance. So don't say that because of that, there's no need for prayer meeting deliverance. Go ahead with your prayer meeting deliverance. But that deliverance is different from this deliverance. Uh, am Am I communicating something? This deliverance. But I'm not saying run around looking for deliverance. You are not matured. You are irresponsible. Running around, who can deliver me? Who can deliver me? You are, you are, you are infantile. Never go to a church from church looking for deliverance. Don't do that. Mm. Ah! Don't be running around looking for deliverance. That is not the message. That is not the core or the practi- Christian practice. It's not Christian practice. It's, it's, it's not Christian practice. I'm not saying it's not. It's un Fundamental Christian practice. How, how can you be moving from home to home? Uh, do you have food today. You are, eating here, you are eating here. It's not decent domestic living your domestic life has a problem if you are eating from people's house every day going from house to house eating you have a problem with your domestic life maybe you're there's no, that, a problem that's how it. it so i'm trying to say that moving from place to place from preacher to preacher looking for deliverance you tend never to get it even if you get it you can't keep it you can't keep it because what it takes to keep deliverance is the means to getting it yes. Yes. as you walk with god And you stay within the atmosphere where godliness is taught and true Christian practice, Christian living is enhanced and you are living it, some things will never get the chance to hold on to you. But when you don't want to live the true Christian life, you have to run away, run around for someone to deliver you from the spirit of lust. So... He has, watch this, let's go back to the. So, He has delivered us. Say, I'm delivered. I'm delivered. If you're not born again, you can't say it. <laughs> say, I'm delivered. I'm delivered. If you're not born again, you'll be delivered. Amen. When you come into Christ. So, He has delivered us from the, from the darkness, as power. Ask. Chapter 26, verse 18, to d- turn them from darkness to light. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, you who were once darkness. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. So he has called us out of darkness into his oh marvelous light marvelous like he has called us so we were in darkness and he says that we are not fighting against flesh and blood but against principality, against by against rulers of the darkness of this world so darkness connotes satan's reign satan's influence addiction of any kind negative demonic addiction when i say addiction i had to I was trying to qualify because i believe i'm addicted to god's word but in, in, in that not in the, but addiction of any kind Addiction is demonic. Satan is, is harassing and afflicting you. Oh, but, but, but it's, not, it's not demonic. Why are you not in control then? Why do you have your life and you can't choose what you don't want to do and want to do? What else? What is it that is making you do what you don't want to do? There's an external influence involved which has been internalized. Satan is working from your inside, but he's actually not part of you, but he's working from your inside. He said, sin that dwelleth in me. Uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 16, 17. He says, sin that dwelleth, something is working from you. So, when you are not in Christ, you are actually in darkness. And Bible calls him the ruler of the darkness of this age and the ruler of the power of the air. Ephesians chapter Uh, 2 verse 2 and 3. So then, Bible says that we are giving God thanks who has qualified to be partakers of the same, inheritance the same, who has, so this is the, some of the inheritance. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of who? Yes, Yes, sir. That's kind of a beautiful statement. Behold, this is my beloved son, Mm -hmm. in whom I'm well pleased. He said, That's my dear son, my beloved. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 talks about uh, accepted in the beloved. Jesus is the beloved. And, but here, can you imagine? He said, We have been translated into, from the power of darkness, watch this, into the kingdom. Say kingdom. 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 The rulership. Kingdom. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We have been, And the kingdom of Christ is the kingdom of his dear son. Yeah. He's translated us. So you see in the verse 13 of verse 12, how he spoke about how we were, uh, uh, we qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the, uh, the inheritance of the saints in the light. So he mentions light, okay, qualified to be saints. Then verse 13 talks about who has delivered us from the power of darkness, Into what? The kingdom of his dear son. So he mentions darkness. After he mentions the light, he speaks about the fact that we were in darkness. Now, besides the darkness, he says that we were actually in the darkness has power, but he has not delivered us. Say, I'm delivered. delivered. Say, I'm delivered. Delivered Delivered us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Oh, I really wanted to speak about the kingdom. When we talk about kingdom, kingdom. But I just, because I don't have much time, I really want to move into 14. Uh, Kingdom. They went preaching the kingdom. They preached the kingdom. They preached the kingdom. Jesus' message that we repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. In um, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says that for. Uh, the kingdom is not meat by its righteousness. Oh, come on, peace and joy. The, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not food and drink. It's not meat and drink. And in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, it talks about how it is not in words, yes. but it's in power. The kingdom of God is not in words, but it's in power. The kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. The kingdom. Remember, it says he has translated it as into the kingdom of his. how he has made us priests and kings and we shall reign with him. Kingdom, rulership, authority. So kingdom, we are in the kingdom. So that means that when you are born again, you have actually been delivered from the power of darkness and the deliverance entitles you to translation. Okay. So you have been delivered and has been translated into a kingdom. You have been moved. It's transport, transportational system. Deliverance and translation. Yeah. You have been translated into, so you are no more where you used to be. Hallelujah! Yeah. And with time, your natural life, your earthly life begins to reflect the reality of what has happened in the spirit, the fact that you have been delivered and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And because of that, with time, as you walk in it, as you walk in the light, the benefits, the natural manifestation of the spiritual realities begin to show forth. The people begin to see, and they see that things are working for you. Life, I'm announcing to somebody, life will work for you. Why? Because we are in the kingdom of his dear son. Then after mentioning his dear son, you know, remember I told you, don't forget the father. Listen, the father is not the same as the son. Uh Aha, Thursday, Trinity. The father is not the son, and the son is not the father. The father is not the spirit, and the spirit is not the son. Don't think that, God just mutates. So anytime he wants to show up like the Son, He shows up. Another time he manifests as the Spirit. Another time he manifests as the Father. No, they are three distinct persons. So the Father delivers us, he delivers us from the power of darkness and then translates us into the kingdom of his dear son. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And when he was being baptized, the heavens was open. And a sound came from heaven. Wow. A sound came from heaven. And the spirit of God descended like a dove upon him. The next verse 17 says that and a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son. Who is talking? If the son is the father, the son is not the father. The father was saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit was also busy descending. While the father was saying, the son was being baptized, the father was saying, and the spirit was descending. What? It translated. I'll continue the Trinity on Thursday, so we'll go over. Translated into the kingdom of his dear son. How about the son? That's now where Colossians is about to now get into the whole thing. So, look at it, what it says about the son. Verse 14. In whom? What? Say in whom? in whom? Say in him. In, him. in whom? In, whom? In, him. in him. Christianity really means being in Christ. Yes. Seven, words Christianity. Yes. Christianity Christ, Christ <laughs> Seven words to define Christianity Christianity is Christ and Christ is God. Seven words to define Christianity. Christianity is Christ and Christ is God. As simple as that. Hallelujah. Amen. Christianity is Christ, and Christ is God. He has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom? Who is the whom talking about? In the son. Oh, this is where my, today's real message. In whom we have Redemption. In whom we have redemption. In whom we have redemption. In Christ we have redemption. In Christ we have redemption. Bible says that they sang a song in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And it said... In Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, they said, And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast. Yeah. Hallelujah. In heaven, we'll still be singing about the redemption. <laughs> about yeah. So if you are not born again, what are you going to do in heaven? Because you won't be able to sing the song. Yeah. We are going to sing the songs of redemption. Yeah. In Psalm 107, verse 2, it said, Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Redemption. Hallelujah. In, in, in Psalm 72, verse 14, it yes. still talks about how he shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence mm. and pressure shall their blood be in his sight. God redeems his people. Watch this. God is a redeemer. Amen. God is a redeemer. Let's all say that together. God is a redeemer. Say it louder, please. God is a say it for the last time. God is a Let's say it the other way. My God is a Redeemer. My God is a Redeemer. Say it again. My God is a Redeemer. Say for the last time. My God is a Redeemer. God is a Redeemer and he redeems. That's why Job um uh, 19:25 says, "I know my Redeemer liveth." I know redemption is not just a, only a New Testament word, it's a God thing. God is a redeemer. My God is a redeemer. My God is a redeemer. My God is a redeemer. So, the Old Testament saints spoke about redemption. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 16. Isaiah chapter 63 verse 16 says that, Thou art our Father, though um, um, yeah. Thou art our Father, uh, though Abraham be ignorant of us and Israel acknowledge us not. Thou art our Father, our Redeemer. Thy name is from ever. God is a Redeemer. Amen. God is a. I don't know what you are going through, but one of the meanings of redemption to redeem is to actually take you out of a harmful situation. Okay. Yeah, so when he say God is a redeemer, the true sense of the word redemption in New Testament, I'm about to explain it, but general sense of the word redeem is to actually take buyback, to remove, pay a price to take somebody out of something. Yes. Redeem, so they sang redemption songs. God is a redeemer. I, I, I believe God will redeem somebody. Yeah. I see God redeeming somebody from shame. Amen. I see God redeeming somebody from crisis. Amen. I see God redeeming someone from sickness. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Bible says that Christ has become for us righteousness, wisdom, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Christ has become for us redemption. Christ is our redemption. Hallelujah. Christ is, has become uh, made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Christ is our redemption. Let's all say that together. Christ is our redemption. It's, uh, it's amazing when you read the scriptures how redemption is replete in scripture. But because of time, I need to run up now. Let me t- just take you to um, Ephesians chapter 1. The same thing we are reading from Colossians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. I would like us all to read it from the screen with your loudest voice. Let's go. In him we his the forgiveness of sins according to the riches. One more time, let's go again. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his for the last time. louder! In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah! Amen. This is so Christian, yes. so sweet in him now what does it mean to be redeemed in the christian sense of the word redeem christ in in uh, galatians chapter 3 verse 13 christ has redeemed us come on christ has redeemed us from the case of the law christ has redeemed us from the case of the law in titus chapter 2 verse 14 oh i like that one titus chapter 2 verse 14 who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealots? He, that, he gave himself for us that he would do what he might redeem us. He might redeem us. In First Corinthians, as we read earlier, chapter one, verse thirty, Christ is our redemption. So that means if you have Christ, what do you have? You go. I've got redemption. Now, what is redemption? Redemption is an, uh, a commercial or uh, term of commerce where uh, in fact recently I saw on the news of some where people are, uh, porn brokers are becoming very important now because of the cost of living crisis. People are selling their old iPhones or phones, their shoes, their jewelry, and stuff like that, you know, and... Sometimes to sell something for money, you lose it. But later on, you can go back to the shop because your uncle has given you money. But that thing was given to you by your great-grandmother, and it's very precious to you, that jewelry. So now you've got money, it's still on the shelf. You go and do what? Redeem it. To redeem is to buy something, pay money. So you can't talk about redemption without a price being paid. Anytime you talk about redemption, you're talking about someone has paid the price. That's why Jesus had to pay a price for our redemption. He paid the price. That is the fundamental, watch this, the fundamental inheritance of a believer, redemption. So when you read the text from Colossians very carefully, it looks like he's arguing backwards. Because he's talking about, we give thanks to the Father who has qualified us or even before then talking about uh, praying for you that uh, uh, you'll be able to eventually walk worthy of the Lord unto all places, being strengthened. So you're strengthened to be able to do that. And after saying being strengthened, he said "We giving thanks, now we give thanks to the Father. Who has qualified us to be inheritors? All these things I'm talking about, you are qualified because of the father who has done it. So the father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Who has delivered us? So he did, watch this, it looks like he delivered us and qualified us. So you can't say I'm qualified when you are not been delivered from Satan's power. How are you qualified to know God more? How are you qualified to work worthy of the Lord when you are under Satan's power? Yeah. So you have to be delivered from Satan's power. And then he delivered us and qualified us. But you are, we were criminals. We were enemies of God. How can he just deliver us when it's actually his law, his holiness, his righteousness, his justice is against us? We can't meet his justice. We can't meet his law. We can't meet his holiness. The standard of his holiness, his holiness. We can't meet it. And so that was what made Satan get an upper hand over us. And so we were under the domain and the influence of Satan because the righteousness of God was so high, we all have sinned and have fallen short of them. So we have broken the laws of God, the righteousness of God, and Satan has taken advantage. It's like when there's a hole in your ceiling and the rain is coming in. The rain is not coming because you invited the rain or because the rain is so powerful. It's because there has been a breach. When there's a breach, but if you repair the breach, the rain can't come in. Satan didn't come to take over us when we were just sitting there. He came to take over us because we broke the law of God. We fell short of the glory of God. We fell short, we we fell below his standard. So Satan, like, just walked in and took possession. But now, for God to be able to deliver us from Satan, He first of all, how to fix the problem we have with him by virtue of the low standard we are falling away from his law and his justice. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so God delivered us from the powers of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have Redemption, ah. So we actually have the redemption. He had to deliver us first. Oh, so he had to redeem us. When we talk about deliverance, he's delivering us from Satan. When it comes to redemption, he's redeeming us from the justice of God's law. Yes. The demands of God's law. And our sins, you can't talk about redemption without talking about sin. So, listen, pastor. He says that in the verse 14, in whom we have redemption. How? Ah, through his blood, what has his blood got to do with yeah. redemption? First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 talks about how he has purchased us with the precious blood of the Lamb. So the blood was paid to purchase us in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. It talks about how you have redeemed us. The other translation says you have purchased us, you have purchased redemption. Redeem the, the original Greek word translated redeem in this text also means purchase. Same purchase so he has purchased us. What well, some translations we use? He has purchased us unto God. That's a, a, a new international verse. He has purchased us. Verse ten, he tells us, he, we have been purchased. Listen, you were bought, you were bought at a price. In First Corinthians chapter six, verse twenty, he said, you have been bought at a price. Can you imagine? Yes, it says that First Corinthians chapter twenty. For we were bought at a price. What was the price that was paid? The sinless blood of Christ. Oh, wow. uh, let me put it this way. I found it in scripture. In, I think, Luke 1, I think 68 or so, talks about how he, he has accomplished redemption. Ooh! God has accomplished redemption for his people. Redemption became an accomplishment in the book of Luke chapter 1. He has accomplished redemption, but not even just accomplished. Look what verse says, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and redeemed his people. Accomplished redemption, let me just show you in the text. He has accomplished, so redemption was accomplished for us. Redemption has been accomplished for us by Christ Jesus, by God himself. He accomplished redemption. Okay, the New American Standard Version uses the word he has accomplished redemption. In the book of Hebrews, I like that. Hebrews Hebrews chapter nine, verse 12. Look at how he describes redemption there. He didn't just accomplish redemption, but he obtained eternal redemption. Our redemption is eternal. He has obtained it. Christ, he obtained it. How did he get it? By paying a price. By paying, Bible says, the church has been bought at a price. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, so, to round it up, in whom we have redemption, how did we get it? Because he accomplished it for us. How did he yes. get it? Because he obtained yes. eternal, the redemption is not temporal. It's an yes. eternal redemption. Yes. We have eternal redemption. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means you don't have a problem with God. the other way around, God has not got a problem with you. But, but I'm still human, I still be. God has not got a problem with you. The mouth of hell is not for you. The, the God that shut the mouth of lions, because of the accomplishment of redemption, has shut the mouth of hell on your behalf as a believer. Hallelujah. He has accomplished redemption. It said in Christ. If you are not in Christ, you don't have redemption. You can be religious but you are still not redeemed. You can be a good person and still not redeemed. You can be a very intelligent person and still not redeemed. You can be a very famous person and still not redeemed. You can be a very powerful person and still not redeemed. You can be a very beautiful or a handsome person and still not be redeemed. Redemption is only in Christ. It doesn't matter who you are, your status, your background, your status, your creed your- (laughs) your gender your age it doesn't matter who you are if you are not in Christ you are in crisis if you are not in Christ you are not redeemed but it doesn't matter who you are once you are in Christ you have redemption how did he get it through his blood through his blood. Amen. Why the blood? Because the blood was paid for our sins. So because the blood was given and paid for our sins, we don't, we, our redemption was necessitated based on the forgiveness of our sins. For I am forgiven. Say, forgiveness of sins is a big thing. Amen. If you're a Christian and you don't value forgiveness of sins, I don't think you are. Mm. Or you have really backslided. We know what it means to be a Christian. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14 is fundamental in Christianity. Redemption. Redemption. Redemption, which is the forgiveness of sins. A, a Christian is someone whose sins have been forgiven. Hallelujah. 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 forgiving. Hallelujah. That's what it means to be a Christian. How can you be forgiven if you are not aware of your sins? Right. So a good gospel, first of all, helps you to realize that your sins exist. Yes. And then when, when, Pastor, Bible says that when they have preached, Acts chapter two, verse 38, they were cut to verse 37. They said, shall I do?" He said, repent yes. and be baptized, each one of you, for what? For what? For the remission of sins. You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins. For the redemption of sins. In fact, in Romans chapter 3 verse 24, it talks about how in him we have redemption through his blood. Romans chapter 3 says that being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So they went, let me add this scripture and I have to, to, I'll pick it up next week. In Luke chapter 24, When Jesus was finishing with his disciples, after he has resurrected, he's died and resurrected, he told them something has been activated. So he told them what to preach. He was telling about, don't you remember what the prophets have said? And then Bible says that in verse 45, Luke chapter 24, 45, he opened, anytime you come to church, this should be your prayer, God, open my understanding that I might might comprehend the scriptures. He, He opened. Their understanding that they might comprehend, they might get it. I, 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 what pastor say? I don't get it. You, uh, God opened. My- <laughs> what is he? He opened their. Uh, can you imagine? He he opened them means their understanding were locked. That's why people comment like, uh, "Oh, the Bible is like this." The Bible is locked and uh, veiled. So he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Look at the next verse then he said to them that's then he's beginning to quote the scriptures jesus when he resurrected from the dead he even jesus himself was quoting the scriptures pastor quote the scripture (laughs) yeah that is written And that it it was necessary that the Christ, that Christ should suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Look at the next verse. The third day and that repentance. Say repentance. Repentance. And what? And remission. And what? remission. Repentance and remission. What does the King James say? And that repentance and remission of sins should be be preached. What are we supposed to preach? Preach repentance and forgiveness of sins. No condemnation. Preach repentance and forgiveness of sins. Repentance and forgiveness of sins. Repentance and forgiveness. Repentance Repentance always precedes forgiveness of sins. It goes, they go together. Then redemption is in in view. Repentance. Tell somebody, I've repented." repented. Tell somebody, and I'm forgiven. Repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached. I'll pick it up again from forgiveness yes. of sins. Christianity, listen, in him we have the inheritance we are talking about. Don't start with breakthrough. Don't start with money. Don't start with material things, please. The inheritance we are talking about starts with with repentance and forgiveness of sins. That entitles us to deliverance from the kingdom of darkness, uh, the power of darkness and translation into the kingdom of his dear. That's our field of operation and that's why we can pray. That's why we can believe God for miracles and testimony. Why? Because we have been forgiven, redeemed, translated and delivered. (laughs) I believe that God is taking somebody to another level of his favor. So in the nutshell, Colossians is making us understand that Satan is real but we have, been de- we have been delivered from his power into Christ's kingdom who is the dear son in whom we have redemption and not just redemption, the forgiveness of sins that makes redemption a reality. I don't know who you are. But the forgiveness of sin from Christ is available for you. and that shall be your portion. in Jesus name. Did you receive something?? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe like, and share the message. Be blessed.